What does barbecue mean to you? It's all about family. Good food. Summertime and friends. Of nostalgia. A whole lot of tasty. Soul-filling, belly-filling goodness. All of my favorite foods. A cultural touchstone. For me, it's a tether to the people who came before me. Getting together with family and friends. Coming to you from the basement studio at Eat More Barbecue World headquarters, this is episode 241 of Canada's Barbecue Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Sanderson, and I thank you for tuning in, downloading, and listening. However you're all making that happen, thank you so much. Toronto-based chef Matt Basile is the creative fire starter behind a soon-to-be-released new addition to the live fire cooking market. Alchemy Grills will give cooks the option of low and slow smoking or hot and fast grilling, both powered by wooden charcoal. Visit alchemygrills.com and www.dixonbbq.com for more details and to pre-order your unit. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Motley Q. Not only does Motley Q offer a great lineup of award-winning rubs and sauces, they also teach some of the best barbecue classes going. Visit motleyq.ca and click on the Classes tab to see the full schedule. There are a number of full-day classes to choose from, like King of the Grill, a great class for beginners, and Big Game Prep, which is great for those tailgating or hockey playoff parties. In addition to the full-day classes, they have a selection of micro-classes coming up, including brisket, steak, ribs, and more. I had the chance to take a class with Big Joe and Jess a few years back, and it was great. Fantastic, entertaining experience with tons of great food and loads of knowledge. Again, the website is motleyq.ca and click on the Classes tab to find the schedule of classes coming up in Edmonton. If you follow the news around grills and smokers, you've probably have noticed an increase in the popularity of hybrid cookers, like the combination offset and pellet grills, for example. While those might be convenient, they really just give you two options to accomplish the same thing. My guest this week is a Canadian chef known for shaking up the status quo when he is now involved with a new cooker that promises to disrupt the live fire cooking industry. Alchemy Grills has a prototype in testing now and will offer cooks the ability to do low and slow smoking and hot and fast grilling at the same time, all from a single fuel source. Very exciting. Restaurateur, author, and TV personality, Chef Matt Basile, I hope I pronounced that right. Joins me here on the podcast, Chef. Welcome to Canada's Barbecue Podcast. How are you doing this evening? I am doing fantastic. And you got an eight and a half out of ten. Eight and a half. Uh, <laughs> on the last name pronunciation. Okay. Uh, just a small, just a small little, uh, uh, you know, controlled uh, edit there. It's actually two two fire sources. Oh, okay. So, uh, no, but I'm happy to talk about it. That's okay. The best part. We'll get, it's, still yep. a, it's still a new product, so we'll come back to that. But I just want I wanted people to know sooner than later that's yes. it's actually two fires that makes no. a, that makes a lot more sense to me i was wondering how you guys were <laughs> <laughs> you guys are magicians how did you do that? Well, I, I ask the fire very nicely yeah. to be hot and less hot <laughs> oh yeah awesome uh matt the first question i ask everybody is uh what does barbecue mean to you oh man uh, for me it's a it's a constant process of learning more about my own skill set mm-hmm. because every time I cook, I feel like I'm learning something new. Mm-hmm. And when you are cooking over fire, yeah, there's rules and there's principles, but really the element is in control and you're just trying to dance with it. So I, you know, barbecue for me is an opportunity to learn again and learn again and learn again because I think as soon as you say you know it all, uh, you're you're full of it. Yeah. Like, you know, so, 
your, your ego can't even fit near the barbecue. That's so big. Yeah. So I, that's really, for me, like barbecue is, you know, it's so many things. Obviously it's, it's community. It's bringing people together. It's an opportunity to, to share a meal and to share a story. But mm. I'm talking about what it means to me. It's an opportunity to, to learn again. Awesome. Uh, we'll maybe go revisit that as we talk about your background a little, uh, from the Toronto area originally. Yeah. Born and raised in Toronto. Okay. Um, now temporarily residing in South Florida yeah. for, uh, at least the, uh, the winter. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, no, I'm from Toronto. Awesome. And, uh, reading, doing a little research on your, uh, website, kind of, you got the inspiration for food and cooking from your grandfather, it looks like. Yeah, so I mean, I'm a, an Italian Canadian. It's mm-hmm. very hard to be an Italian Canadian and not have food as part of your DNA. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I consider myself incredibly lucky. I, you know, both my parents uh, were, uh, you know, they worked full time jobs. But my, you know, my mother's parents, my Italian grandparents, my my nonna and my nonno, they were literally two blocks away, and they took care of me every single day. Nice. And everything had to do with food, whether it was. You know, the the fact that my grandfather baked his own bread, whether he made it his own, uh, you know, cured salami in the basement. There was actually once a month he would make fresh uh, fettuccine in the house and he would take one of the bedrooms and just hang all the fettuccine oh, wow. on all the furniture in the bedroom. And I thought this was normal. Like, I thought this was what happened when, like, to one of your spare bedroom, it yep. became the, the place where you dry pasta. So yep. um, it was just such a... Uh, an incredible childhood, constantly around food. And my grandfather really was my, you know, my hero, my inspiration. He taught me everything I know, not just about food, but about being a man, about being a, an adult, being you know, a responsible, hardworking individual that, that really cares about things. And for him, uh, it was always you know, uh, talking about wealth. Uh, had nothing to do with money, but everything to do with being able to feed people. So mm. The more people you could feed, um, the, the, the wealthier you were. And it, it really, I guess it stuck with me and, and not in a, in something like I, you know, subconsciously it stuck because I live to feed people. And really the last 14 years of my life, all I do is, is constantly feed others. And, yep. and um, you know, he, he passed away 10 years ago now. Okay. Um, he did he did get to see me transition into being an entrepreneur, into being food. Yep, it was very hard that. to explain. Yeah, like, you know, so he, he did see the very first few months of me starting my business. And right. I remember um, one of my, one of the best memories um, I have of him right before he died was he came to an event that I was, uh, I was doing a pop-up at, I was selling sandwiches, and I remember it was really hot, and I was kind of worried about him because he was sitting off in the corner. I was, I was worried he was going to get heat stroke. Right. It, was so, it was like a May day, but it was super hot. And was, I think it was like 89 at the time. And mm-hmm. I remember seeing him, and he was having a beer, having a sandwich, and he had a smile ear to ear. Going to get emotional. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it was just such, a, it was such an important... Uh, you know, moment in my life because then he, he passed away shortly after that. But I think if he were to know what I was doing now in the food space, he would think it was just the coolest because yeah. he, one, you know, his escape in the summertime specifically was 
Yeah, he turned his backyard into a garden. Like nice. when I say a garden, I don't I don't just mean like an area of the backyard mm-hmm. was was for a few plants. Yeah. I mean a backyard was the produce department at Highland Farms. Mm-hmm. Like it yep. was it was everything back there. And then he would set up this little charcoal grill and he'd spend hours cooking and grilling and everything came out super well done, but mm-hmm. he didn't care. Yep. Or you couldn't tell him that because <laughs> he just he just loved that moment around charcoal. He always talked about how uh, charcoal was just such a such a flavor profile that's mm-hmm. so distinguishable and so memorable. And it's you know it's very ironic that here we are thirty years later. I'm, yeah. I'm 38 now, so you know it's uh, this is my career path. I go yeah. through bags of charcoal on a <laughs> daily basis. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's I, I love hearing that. I mean, you talk about the garden. My uh, I grew up in Winnipeg. And uh, my on my mom's side, uh, French Canadian, and my mamere, oh, right on. my mamere, her backyard garden was, uh, you know, probably not as big as I remember it in my head, but it sure. was, you know, it was a good chunk of the backyard, right? You know what's so interesting is, and I, you know, we can talk about barbecue, you can talk about food, you can talk about you know, agriculture. It's just. It's always this crossroads of old and new, you know, and for me, uh, you know, I remember when COVID hit, one of the first projects I did in COVID with my, with my girlfriend was we went back to, because my grandmother still lives at the house where, um, mm-hmm. where you know, I, I, they grew up or yep. I grew up. And yep. so we, we like, we've made a plot of land there for the garden again. And I think, you know, there's a lot of younger adults getting back into gardening because we're like attached to these memories mm-hmm. of our European grandparents. And we remember, Oh wait, like there's a lot of sense there to making your own food, mm-hmm. right? Like why not do it? And it's unfortunate that we have such small, you know, windows of opportunity for, for growing our own food. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg's window, a little smaller than Toronto's, but yep. it's that, uh, you know, but I do a lot of agricultural work, and most of it's in in Manitoba. So okay, I, awesome. I know it's all. I work with canola farmers uh, uh, yep. quite often, and canola and Big. Manitoba yep. go hand in hand. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Manitoba and Saskatchewan. That's uh, those fields of yellow. That's, that's it. uh, yep. It's a funny story about the Manitoba Saskatchewan border. I was on a I was on a bus uh, doing a tour with going from a bunch of farms. And the, the guy was like, ah, excuse me, everybody, we're going to be uh, entering Saskatchewan now. And I'm looking around and it's just like, <laughs> just how can you tell? Like, it's all the same. It's just flat. And so I, I, I as the Toronto boy, I, yeah. go, I put my hand up and I'm like, sorry, how can you tell that we're going from Manitoba to Saskatchewan? They're like, oh, well, when we hit Saskatchewan, the Rome's not paved anymore. <laughs> I was yeah. like, that's the best Best answer ever, yes. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Best answer ever. Yeah, my wife's from Saskatchewan, so I have to be a little careful with those jokes. But uh, I'm. A <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep it clean. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, now you and you kind of touched on it there. You with the transitioning into cooking, that wasn't your first uh, career path. You kind of went to school and got into the was it advertising or marketing initially. Yeah. No, I was a, I was a copywriter, so I went okay. to McMaster University got an English degree, went to Humber College, got an advertising diploma, got hired into ad agencies. Uh, it was kind of right in the hit of that 2008 recession. So I was there for about a year and a bit, mm-hmm. got laid off, went back to food, went back to marketing, 
And then at that point, I decided to start my own business selling sandwiches off a table. Right. So, I mean, it all it all comes together. Yeah. I'm putting my, my all my degrees to great use right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, like, with what you're doing, the marketing and that side of it, it's certainly part of no, it. No, right? 100%. 100%. In fact, you know, um, I would say if you look at the – I'm a big believer in to know where you're going, you have to know where you came from. And mm-hmm. there's no – such thing as un- unusable time, right? The time we've spent learning things, they will always find a way into your current trajectory. And for me, I know when I launched Fidel Gastro's 12, 13 years ago, the only thing I had at my disposal that put me ahead of kind of the curve was that I came from that marketing and advertising background. So I knew that because I wasn't you know, a known chef I knew I didn't have any, I had no walls or a door or a sign. I had to get super creative with how I was going to get people's attention to know who I was, know the brand, buy the food, and then come back. So, and find me. Like, how do you find this? So, it was not an easy task. And I, I attribute that all to my, my background in advertising and marketing. I've always been an idea guy. I'm, I'm totally inspired by ideas. And I always, love the idea of understanding like why do people connect to certain ideas um, in a very visceral memorable way and I just I I love that I live for that and I would say my career path now uh, with alchemy it's so interesting because it's actually a culmination of all my jobs and careers mm-hmm. because I grew up working in in at Bruno's fine foods in Toronto which is a, a high-end butcher Italian grocery store. And I worked okay. there for 10 years. I worked the grocery department, the butcher department. I was a bad boy. So all my background in grocery stores now, um, in connections with grocery stores, are now making their way into alchemy as well. So it's it's just wild how I think if you try too hard to navigate where your life's going to go, you know, you'll get stressed out. But I, I've just kind of worked really hard and really believed in the work that I do. Mm-hmm. And it's taken me to where I am today. And I'm, uh, I'm very humbled and honored and uh, I'm a very lucky person to call this my job. That's awesome. Uh, well, let's kind of go through the, the culinary journey, uh, some TV the, yeah. you mentioned Fidel Gastro's talk about, uh, kind of how the timeline, I guess, maybe of your, uh, yeah, your well, food career. My- <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I guess I've been a, I've only been an entrepreneur uh, within the like the restaurant space. So I've mm-hmm. I've never really I mean the only other restaurant job I've ever had in my life was I, I worked the breakfast shift in university at the at the student bar. That was it. Yep. So, uh, but I love food, and I talked about that with you about like my family. So mm-hmm. it just made sense when I was looking for an entrepreneurial journey. It was going to be in food. So I launched Fidel Gastro as a, as a sandwich pop up back in 2012, um, and it got a lot of attention really quickly. And from there, I got uh, my own television show called Rebel Without a Kitchen, and then I got a food truck, and then a restaurant, and then more TV and cookbooks, uh, and then quick service restaurants and catering businesses, and it just kept growing organically. Like, it was just wild. So in in a seven- or eight-year span, we grew very quickly – uh, or it felt very quick, and it was, you know, there was a lot of learnings there. Those things I would definitely, uh, you know, you don't know what you don't know, and I think I, I'm a much smarter, calmer entrepreneur now than I was when I first 
uh, started. But sure. had I not had that opportunity, I don't think I'd, I'd be where I am today either. So the, the, they just kind of work off of each other. Mm-hmm. Over the over time, um, as projects kept coming my way, I was just running out of me. Like there was only just so much math that could be divvied up mm-hmm. and put into things. Because, you know, if you ever ask anyone that knows me, they'll tell you I put everything into into the things I do. And it's, I don't do anything a little bit. Yep. I go all in. So when you are that kind of an individual, it's very hard to have a lot of things that you're all in on. Mm-hmm. So as, you know, back in 2018, the restaurant at that time was about six years old and we were at our peak popularity. Um, I had decided that I was going to sell the restaurant. So in 2019, we ended up selling the restaurant and it was wild because for me, it was just time, you know, Mm -hmm. everything has a beginning and a middle and an end and the restaurant's time had come and gone, but people were really rattled uh, (laughs) when I, when I decided to to call it quits on Lisa Marie, our restaurant. So, and, and people still ask me about it, about bringing it back, and I'll, I'll never bring it back. But it's uh, I'm humbled again. Sure. Uh, it, yeah. it meant so much to so many people. Um, and then COVID hit. So yeah. it ended up being the best. Timing was probably okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, I mean, we were still, we were, you know, I had a catering kitchen in, in Etobicoke, which is the west end of Toronto. Um, we were pretty busy with our food truck, uh, the catering. And then I was just doing, like, sandwich pickups and, um, I, I took over the, there was a, a brewery next to our catering kitchen that mm. didn't have a, their own kitchen. So we Perfect, were doing yeah. all the food for the brewery. And then I started doing food for other venues downtown. And, you know, next thing you know, I sold a restaurant to make more time. <laughs> and then I'm like right back in it with yep. four venues that I'm over, I'm overseeing with the, and the food truck and the catering business. So I was like, this is wild. And then at the end of the day, my favorite thing to do was to like do a private dinner for 10 people. Mm. Like that was still my favorite thing out of all the things that I was doing. Whenever I had that opportunity, I did it. And then somewhere in there, alchemy came up as an offer, Mm. as a, as a, as an idea. Um, I was approached by two people. I didn't know they were also entrepreneurs in their own right. Uh, I knew them only by proxy through other people. Sure. And, I did my due diligence, but really they just wanted to chat about, you know, this little idea they had. Yep. And I gave them two hours of my time. And we, by the end of the call, we were finishing each other's sentences. Like we were all very excited mm-hmm. about what uh, this business was. And, and, and again, I'll never forget. And one of my partners will, we, we reference it often in conversations. I remember telling them, I go, guys, this is really cool, but I don't want to do this just like for play. I want to do this all in. And it's been an all in project for sure. While all this was happening, but a year ago, the, uh, Oh, what a variant was it? The Omicron variant. I mm-hmm. can't remember what season of COVID yeah. it was. Season seven of COVID. Yeah. Um, so the Omicron variant uh, really impacted hospitality again. Yeah. And it didn't impact all industries the same way that everyone was impacted March 2020. Yeah. Because like in March 2020, we lost everything. Yeah. We lost all of our events, all of our bookings, everything. We had yep. to start from scratch. But I, I had the energy to do it. When Omicron hit, it happened again. And I didn't have the energy to do it that time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I remember I was in Florida 
I was talking to my, you know, my, my girlfriend, Kyla, she's really just so much smarter than I am. Uh, someone who I bounce, I'm constantly bouncing off ideas with. And I, I kind of just looked her in the eyes. And I'm like, I think I'm done. And she's like, like, what do you mean? Like, you got, people expect you to be back. You know, I'm like, I know, but like, I'm done. Like, I think I'm done. And my cup was full. Like I really didn't need to, after 12 years of running a food service company. And when I say running it, I mean like running it yep. every day, 17, 18 hours a day. Like the thought of being away for longer than three or four days would have given me hives. Yep. So, um, I was tapped out yep. and I felt like I had nothing left to accomplish, nor did I want to accomplish anything. Yep. And I think that was the thing, right? Like, I'm fueled by growth. Like that's what excites yep. me to keep me moving forward. So when I no longer want to grow in a certain space, then I'm like, well, why am I doing this? Mm. Right. And, um, it was just, the timing was right. Cause I had alchemy kind of in the, the wings and I, and I looked to my partners and I was like, guys, like I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think? And they were like, that's great. Let's go. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. We get even more of your time. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think the first month after I had made that decision, I was like squirrely. I was like, I don't know if I made the right move. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of regretting this. Um, just because I wasn't used to not being busy with mm. my hands all the time. Yep. Um, there was only so many Instagram lives I could do. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. So, yeah. uh, but lo and behold, here we are a year later. Yeah. And so much has been accomplished with alchemy mm -hmm. and it was the best decision I ever made. Um, I'm happier. I love what we're doing. Um, actually just today, it just puts it into perspective and I, perspective is one of my favorite words in the English language because it's, everyone has their own. Yep. Right. And I think that's the, the best part about it. So I was walking my beautiful dog today, this morning. Um, and I bumped into a guy who was also walking his dog who I had seen quite a few times. We, we crossed paths walking dogs. Mm -hmm. yep. And like, you don't know, it's this thing when you have dogs, you yeah. see people. Yeah. You know, the dogs, you, you know, know the dog's name. name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking uh, yeah. about. You know, your dog, you know, the dog's name, you don't know the person's name and yeah. you have like, you know, these 18 second conversations and you mm -hmm. go on with your day. So I was here through the Christmas holiday until about mid January. So mm -hmm. I'd seen him a bunch and then we, I went back to Toronto for a couple of weeks. I was actually in Calgary yep. for a little bit of that time too. Came back and he's like, Oh, Hey man, I haven't seen you in a bit. You know, uh, he goes, uh, you know, we're just chit chatting. He's like, yeah, you know, it's just another Monday. I was like, Oh yeah, I guess it is Monday. I didn't even realize. <laughs> <Nice>. And, um, <laughs> he's like, yeah, you know, I was had a great weekend, but I'm just dreading going back to the office. Yeah. And I was like, Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm headed to work now too. Um, he's like, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm a, a consulting chef and, you know, I'm a, a co-founder in this new barbecue company. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually down here testing our second prototype. And he goes, wow, that's a cool job. Like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, that is the coolest job ever. He's like, and, and I was like, you know what? It is a cool job. Yeah. I love my job. Yeah. You know, I have a really great job and I'm, you know, it's never lost on me even for a second um, that, I get to wake up every day and I, I, I don't know if you've seen what my official job title is. It's a creative fire starter. And nice. the whole idea behind, behind that is 
Um, every day I start a fire, a very literal fire. And sometimes that fire is for culinary reasons. Sometimes it's for marketing and idea reasons. But no matter what, there's a fire being started and people are going to gravitate towards mm-hmm. it. Yep. Regardless of which direction I'm going, if it's the culinary side or, or, or content marketing side or whatever. But because yep. the two are the same, essentially. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, what, what? I, I'm so... I'm so fortunate that this is what I get to do every day, you know, and, uh, and I love what I do. I love, I love being able, like I said, you know, to come back to the beginning of the conversation. I love cooking for people. Mm -hmm. And this is such a unique way to now cook for people because now I'm, yeah, I'm cooking for people, you know, immediacy people around me because I'm doing all those barbecue tests. Someone's got to eat it. So everyone around me is is loving it. I'm sure. Yeah. Loving it. Just loving it. But now I'm thinking about in terms of, Okay, now my job is to work with engineers and with my team and to find all the different ways you can utilize our our grill. Yep. And really one of the things I use as motivation every day is, okay, what else can I cook? Right. Because my goal is to go okay, well, yes, there, there's ribs and there's brisket and there's pulled pork. And I, I love these things. Don't mm. I, I actually made two out of three of those things yesterday. Nice. So I love them. Yep. But my, but again, what else can I cook? Yep. And I think what really separates us as a brand and me personally, like, you know, I'm, I'm not a pit master. I'm a chef, mm. right? And I, that doesn't mean I can't cook over live fire, but my way into it i'm motivated by you know very different things i've traveled the world i've cooked all over the world i think you know i think there's a a place in this world for american barbecue but i also think that's just chapter one of the book of cooking over a fire yeah i think there's argentina there's italy there's japan there's south korea there's peru Mm -hmm. there's australia like you know there's all, you know, we've been cooking over fire since literally day one, yep. and uh, here we are today, day, yep. and still cooking, still over, cooking fire. over fire. So, yep. Still cooking over fire, and I think that's why um, it's a very easy way to connect with somebody that mm-hmm. you've never met before because yep. people naturally gravitate towards a fire. Yeah, um, and then if you're feeding them on top on top of it, well, there you go. It's just a bonus. So. Yep. There's something uh, there's something very communal about that, and mm. you know, again, it's I, I wake up every day and I get to do that. So now, you know, cooking for people means helping design something that they are now going to put in their backyards and cook, and they're going to cook for people. Yep. And I have to make sure that they have the information, the knowledge, the joy, the ideas. Uh, that I want to make something that then they go. Chef Matt made this on yep. the alchemy. I'm going to do it now and I'm going to do it for my guests. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's great to be able to connect with people that way. It's like cooking for them without actually having to physically be there yep. all the time. Well, I was going to say you're, you're, you're providing inspiration, right? Uh, through what you're doing, people are going to see that and say, I want to try that or take that and put their own twist on it and give it a go. And I hope they put their own twist on yeah. it, right? Because I think, you know, Whenever, and this is where chefs are very like rigid, and you know, and I, and I love our, my career, but like I think sometimes I think chefs take themselves too seriously, um, and 
sometimes you'll hear like, no, there's only one way to do something. And I think that's baloney. You know, there's there, there's some barbecue people the same way. So. Yeah. You know what? I mean, here's the thing. I'm not going to ever knock someone for saying that. Mm. Um, but it's just not true. Yeah. We're chatting with Chef Matt Basile of Alchemy Grills, and coming up after the break, he talks about the growth of live fire cooking, and we talk about the new Alchemy Grill in a little more detail. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Pitt County Barbecue, who is bringing authentic North Carolina-style whole hog barbecue north of the border to Alberta and Canada. Based out of Edmonton, Pitt County Barbecue will come to your event and cook an entire pig on site using their custom-built cooker designed by owner and pitmaster Peter Zakuski. Pitt County Barbecue brings a unique regional barbecue dining experience. From North Carolina chopped barbecue pork to Piedmont-style coleslaw, trust me when I say you've never tasted anything like this before. The meat is so good you don't even need sauce. Peter was on this past season of Firemasters on the Food Network and is truly inspired by the South. His attention to detail and quality is second to none. From delicious food to amazing customer service, make sure to book Pitt County Barbecue for your next event. Follow Pitt County Barbecue on Instagram and Facebook to see what Peter's been up to and visit the website at pittcountybbq.com to visit book your next event. As you get more creative, first off, again, it goes back to something I said earlier, which is like, I'm always learning. So mm-hmm. how can I always be learning if I feel like I already know everything? It's yep. just not possible. So I know for a fact I can learn off of other people who are cooking. I know for a fact uh, that I can travel somewhere and eat, eat a flavor profile and say, oh, you know what? That would actually go really well in a low and slow. Mm-hmm. Kind of, uh, yep. You know, they're using it in a different way, but I think the acid level is actually going to be perfect if I if I wrap it into a into a beef rib or something. Mm-hmm. So um, I love that part of, of what what we're doing. And and my partners, I think day one or day two of our project, I was I was throwing the word live fire cooking at them, and they loved it. They were like, "This sounds great," but like, do people know what it is? And I'm like. I mean, they're like, what is it? I'm like, I'm cooking over a fire that's alive. You know? yep. and, and that's that's the best way to kind of explain it. Yeah. And here we are two years later in the process, and we see live fire as a concept everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and the trend is just moving trajectory forward. It's just moving up. And, yeah. you know, so there's some phenomenal restaurants. Um, you know, there's in, in Calgary, there's Charbon, right? They have yeah. a beautiful Perilla grill right on the line, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's a live fire grill right on the line. So it's being utilized in so many different ways. And I think, you know, maybe we're in a new point of disruption with, with cooking over fire to show what else can be done. Yeah. It doesn't just have to be those traditional barbecue meats, right? It's, uh, which I love. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. Me too, too, man. But yeah, I, uh, I ordered some beef cheeks, uh, Picked up some beef cheeks from my beef supplier the other day, just something to play around with and try something different, right? Don't trim them too much. No. People over trim their beef cheeks. You yeah. actually, you want that, that fatty exterior because uh, it just holds it all together. Um, so don't, don't over trim it. It's the okay. first thing people do is they take all the fat off on beef cheeks yep. and then it just turns to mush. So yep. Good to know. I, I love that. I love yeah. hearing that. I think, I think like, even if you were to look at like some of our, you know, our, my, our TikTok for example, like our, our content, our most viewed video is 2 million views now. And it's a smoked tomato soup 
with a crab claw grilled cheese sandwich. Nice. And yeah. it has nothing to do with barbecue, but everything yeah. to do with live fire cooking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it is, there's nothing barbecue about it, mm. but it is, you know, quintessential live fire because all, you know, the fire was used at multiple stages to yep. create flavor and body and depth. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, Evan Leroy from Leroy and Lewis in Austin. He's talked about barbecue just being that method of cooking and taking those foods and flavors from other places other than just the American South and incorporating it to create something kind of new, right? So very much along the lines of what you're talking about. A thousand percent. About. Yeah. Cooking, yeah, cooking honestly, different things. I, I would say like cooking different things. In Austin, mm-hmm. Texas, for me, was a an eye-opening city. I learned so much going to Austin, Texas. Yeah, yeah. And that was, because I'm also a believer, like, you got to know the principles to, in order to, to kind of mm. incorporate something new to it, right? Yeah. So that was um, where I actually learned about those low and slow methods mm. and fire and smoke and containing fires. And, you know, my, my restaurant had a smoker, massive European deli smoker, mm. massive, yep. like an huge um it was probably the size of like those like portable walk-in fridges right right yeah and then when we sold the restaurant and got into our catering kitchen the first thing i did was i got a southern pride and it was you know so barbecue and smoking has always been something that we've done we had when we had a, a bar weber had built me a barbecue trailer to do um, barbecue catering. I was trying to nice. compete with Ted, Ted, Ted Reader's Uncle, uh, Uncle Ted. Truck. Uncle Ted. Remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ted, Ted's, a, Ted's another one. That, oh, yeah. You know, I, I love Teddy. I've learned a lot from Teddy over the years. Yep. And um, I'll never forget, because uh, I grew up watching King of the Q, mm. like when he wore those Hawaiian shirts. Yep. Um, and, you know, I remember meeting him and, I'm like, wow, you swear a lot. <laughs> he's, he's, you know, um, he's just so passionate and knowledgeable. Like, yeah. you know, they talk about you have to hit 10,000 hours to be proficient at something. I think he did that in his first weekend, you know, like he just, he, yeah. he, he knows it all. But I remember the first time I ever got to spend a, a considerable amount of time with him was at the uh, Toronto Festival of Beer. Mm. We were in the, the grilling tent and he was kind of like the mainstay and I was doing, um, you know, I had a few, uh, you know, demos booked. And it was actually my first time doing live demos. And I remember he got up on stage in the middle of my demo and he came up behind me and he was on the microphone. I had no idea. And he was like, ladies and gentlemen, you know, the next Ted Reader. Oh, nice. Always stuck with me. Always yeah. stuck with me. He's yeah. such a great guy. Yeah, he's a gem. I just want to jump back before we start talking about the Alchemy Grill. Uh, something you yeah. said. Something you said when you were talking about how when the peak of the catering business and everything and that after doing that all day doing a private dinner for 10 people was your favorite part of your preference why do you think that is is it the kind of the intimacy of it or i think it is the intimacy of it you know mm-hmm. i think um i love being able to talk to the people i'm cooking for i love to be able to see that reaction mm-hmm. of the food i love that you know being able to tell a story uh, through an evening, through through plates and dishes, so mm-hmm. it's kind of all those things. Plus, like the cleanup is a lot easier, sure, too, yeah. right? So that's <laughs> always, uh, <laughs> I'd rather clean up for ten than yeah. clean up for you know a thousand. Yeah, but, no uh, but 
that's the joke part. Yeah. But no, the other the, the other things are, are really why it's that you know, and you're immediately connected. You don't you might not know them, but you're gonna know them by the end of the dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, that's almost a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of the for me the beauty of the the outdoor cooking with the fire, right? You, it gathers people around and uh, you get that intimacy, uh, that community bonding. It's so wild because we did, um, when we first officially launched Alchemy Grills, like our, on our pre-sale, but really just like launched by virtue of telling people that we were going to exist and this is what we were as a brand and mm-hmm. stay tuned for more kind of thing. And, yep. Um we were looking at different ways to kind of activate because we're like, we, okay, we've announced, we've got some buzz, we've got some videos, but we got to do something. And the, the team and I, we were like, well, let's lean on to, onto Matt's kind of strengths uh, with running a restaurant. And we came out with um, the flames to table dinner series, mm. which was with Dixon's barbecue in Toronto, the best guys ever. I absolutely love them. Yep. And we, I curated five dinners, five courses each, all cooked on one alchemy grill, you know, uh, for 18 people. And nobody knew anyone at these dinners. By the end of it, everyone was friends, nice. you yep. know. Um, and it was, it wasn't a one-off. Like every night we did it, every dinner we did, it was the same kind of formula. People came to this random farm in Stouffville. They didn't know where they were, mm-hmm. but they naturally gravitated to the fire, asked a lot of questions went to the bar, had a seat, enjoyed their meal and became yep. friends with everyone at the table after it was for us. We looked at each other. We were like, what else could you ask for as yeah. a brand? Like, yep. this is, this is it. Forget about buying an ad. Like yeah. that does nothing. Mm-hmm. This is how you build and curate a community yep. uh, from the inside. Yep. Awesome. Well, let's get into the, uh, the alchemy grill. Uh, I don't know how much yeah, you can, man. how much you can talk about with it not quite being out yet, but, uh, let uh, give I can us talk the, about a fair amount. Give us the lowdown. Uh, you know, it's yeah. So uh, it is the world's first simultaneous smoker and live fire grill. So uh, it's two fires, yep. <laughs> not one. Um, but the best way to think of it is of uh, imagine a um, an art flame being attached to a a drum or barrel smoker. Okay. Yep. Okay. And the upper unit um, is half plancha. Uh, and half diamond plated grill. Okay, yeah. And there's a center piece that's meant for your, your live fire pit. Mm-hmm. Um, I use a combination of charcoal and wood up there. And basically, you know, it's a very intuitive cooking process. If you want a spot to be hotter than other spots, you rake charcoal and wood under that spot. And it gives you an incredible crust and sear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it allows you to also warm things and keep and hold things. It, you know, I think things it does very well are like seared scallops, full yep. fish, uh, smash burgers are incredible on this grill. Yeah, on the plancha. Um, yeah. My my favorite thing to cook on the whole unit, uh, using the lower and upper together, is a re- reverse smoke seared, um, thick cut porterhouse or or tomahawk steak Absolutely, because yeah. you can go directly from the lower unit, which is a four shelf stackable smoker. Nice. So. You can fit like eight tomahawks down there if you yep. want to. Um, and you can do about eight racks of ribs. I've fit about 12 spatchcock chickens down there. Nice. Um, and you can use that lower smoker unit at low and slow at 250 and hold that temp mm-hmm. while you're grilling hot and fast. Uh, and you can do it at the same time. That's awesome. And 
it's it's wild because we're just like, yeah, why hasn't anyone done this? Because you look at like not to use Ted Reader's backyard because he's got a you know he's I've got heard, yeah. ninety barbecues back there. Yeah. But you know, if you look at any real grilling enthusiast, they mm-hmm. have a gas grill, they have probably a Weber kettle of sorts, yep, yep. they have a uh, either a, a green egg or a Traeger or a combination of the two, and then now everyone's getting a pizza oven as well. Mm-hmm. You got five units here. Yeah. And now if you look at it, our one unit does the job of three of those. Yep. Um, plus year two, we're going to be developing a pizza oven dome mm. to sit on top of it. Nice. Um, there's also already two notches to incorporate a rotisserie cook uh, as well. So then, and the rotisserie will still allow you to use the plancha. So imagine sure. like how much volume and versatility you've got going on there. You have, you know, Peking duck on the rotisserie yep. on top, right? Getting that crispy skin on the duck. You've got whole fish and veg uh, cooking on the plancha. And then in the lower unit, you've got your ribs and you've got chicken smoking. And it's, yeah. You can literally, uh, you can, not that I'm getting back into catering, but you can <laughs> but cater it. <laughs> you can cater a party. But yeah. it's, uh, and one of the, um, one of my favorite aspects of, of the grill and it's something you've touched on a few times in, in our conversation is it, you can, there's this 360 degree mm-hmm. uh, cooking apparatus up top. It's 32 inches uh, circumference. And that means there's a real social grilling aspect. Mm-hmm. Of it. Absolutely. Yeah. You can have three or four people gathered around the fire, mm-hmm. all cooking a little bit at the same time. Yeah. And it's so easy to jump in and want to kind of get involved. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a partner in the company, but I've cooked on everything. Mm-hmm. I've cooked on everything, everywhere. And this is probably the most fun grill I've ever used yeah. uh, in my life. Well, and that's, you, you mentioned, and we, uh, oh, so go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, like, sometimes we struggle even, like, is it a grill? Because it's so much more than just a grill, but we got to call it something. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned the art flame, uh, and that's, you know, I don't have one of those, but the, the idea of that, just having a spot where people can gather around and, you know, even just cook their own little bit of food, whatever. Uh, it's awesome. So we're having great. that, uh, having that plancha. Uh, I there. used, I used an art flame, uh, about a year ago. Um, and immediately I, I was watching, I was there with other chefs, mm-hmm. um, at this event in Sandusky, Ohio of all places, uh, but at, at an incredible facility called the culinary vegetable, vegetable Institute of America. Okay. Real place. Yep. I thought it was. I thought it was a. <laughs> when I got the email asking to be at a, a, a lamb and beef conference at the Culinary Vegetable Institute, I okay. thought it was someone was joking. Yeah. yeah where's where's real the camera? Place, <laughs> you know, Farmer Lee and Chef Jamie are two of the most knowledgeable, passionate people I've ever met in the food industry. Um, and it was a two-day kind of, you know, cooking conference. And so, but we were as chefs were there cooking and. Day one was in the kitchen. Day two was all live fire. And I, I remember of the 20 chefs that were there, I was the only chef that cooked every aspect of my live fire course outside. Mm. Everyone else cooked everything indoors and then like finished their protein outside. I right. cooked everything. Outside. Nice. Everything. But I was watching people interact with the art flame. And immediately I saw what they were gravitating towards and where the, where the gaps were. And I think where we come in slightly stronger is we have the stainless steel cooktop 
So you get a much better sear yep. uh, on your food. And because now you have the half plancha and half diamond grill, you can actually utilize the whole space in different ways. Mm-hmm. So you're not just getting the same thing um, on, on both sides of the grill. Yep. It's very exciting because it's, you know, every day I'm playing with this toy and I'm finding and learning something new about it. How it's reacting to a specific wood, mm-hmm. how it's re- reacting to gusts of wind. Again, I'm constantly learning about how to make that cooking experience better because in theory now, now I'm at a place where it's the more I learn about it, the more I can teach other people. And hopefully when they, when they decide to put one in their backyard, um, you know, they have the confidence, the knowledge to kind of next condition. Yep. Awesome. That's uh, it's very exciting. I lo- love the idea of that. It, I, I think it's something that's going to become a centerpiece for people's backyard cooking area. You nailed it. That's yep. exactly, um, that was exactly something that we all unanimously felt was important for the, for the product and the mm-hmm. brand, not to be an afterthought yeah. in someone's backyard. You don't want, we don't want you to hide this yep. when, when you have company over. We want it to be the thing that brings more people. All of a sudden, you know, Jim's got an alchemy. Like, oh, 20 became 40 all of yeah, a sudden. You, right. know? Yeah. So, you know, so it's, um, there's no surprise that a lot of people are, are already starting to um, purchase them for their cottages because mm-hmm. people tend to entertain more at cottages. They have more space for it. Um, and, and what's great about it too is, like, if you're going to fire up one burger, maybe – like the alchemy is not the right grill to, sure. to use for yep. your one burger lunch. Yep. But what's great about it is if it's throughout a course of a day that mm-hmm. you're, you're outside, you just have to keep your fire rolling yeah. and you can just keep cooking off. Yep. You can do brunch, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks on repeat. Mm-hmm. You can have dinner going at the same time while you're getting, you know, breakfast and lunch in people's house, right? Yeah. Because of that simultaneous cooking. So, if you are, and, and someone, you know, my, my father-in-law is a perfect example because he, he's lucky because he has me in his life and I cook most of his meals for him now. But, you know, he goes, well, you know, what about someone who, you know, who doesn't want all that trouble? I'm like, well, then they're probably not going to, you know, look yeah. at an alchemy grill because if you already feel like it's trouble mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> to cook, outdoor, then, then this isn't for you because, like, we are speaking to people who absolutely love cooking outdoors yeah. and love entertaining and love feeding people and cooking over fire and want, like me, are curious yeah. and want to learn more. And they, you know, if you've traveled anywhere and you, again, you've had a flavor or a plate of food and you go, oh, you know what? I could do that on the alchemy. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I really feel like it's that kind of a, of a, of a cooking tool that really can broaden your, not just your flavor profile, but how you approach, you know, putting a meal together. Yep. Awesome. Uh, anticipated release dates. Any thoughts on that yeah. yet? And when she's coming out? I'm going to give you a day, an hour and a minute. <laughs> if any... No. Um, so we're currently in pre-sale, which is great. Yep. Um, so we've, we're, we're set up with, uh, with Dixon barbecue in Toronto. Oh, nice. Yep. Um, I've known these guys, uh, most of my life. I grew up in the neighborhood, Mr. Romolo. Uh, Mike and Rob's father sold me my first barbecue when I was 20. Nice. It was, uh, it was a, you know, and now here we are 20 years later, yeah. <laughs> <you> know, uh, <laughs> 20 years yeah. later and, and, they're, and they're now selling our grills. But when we knew that we were coming to market and we, needed, we only had a, a certain number of grills uh, going to market, we were like, well, who, who do we trust 
and to really be the right people to share the same values as us. Um, and, and it was a no-brainer. They're, they're those guys as far as I'm concerned. And listen, there's a lot of uh, a lot of great places like Dixon's. And as we get more and more volume over the, over the next couple of years, we can we – can, um, there's Lux Barbecues in Winnipeg. Yep. You know, there's Capital Barbecue in Ottawa. So there's, there's a lot of great places um, that we can bring the barbecue to market. But for a launch uh, pad, it, yeah. it's going to be Dixon's. And awesome. It's going to be spring of spring of this year. So Okay, so you're um, coming right up here. Oh, yeah, coming in hot. Yep. Real, real. So it'll be uh, probably somewhere in and around the end of April, uh, early May. That's kind of the uh, the rough guesstimate. Yep, yep sure. Obviously, uh, things uh always up in the air when, uh, you know, planning and manufacturing and shipping and all the rest of it. So, well, yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, uh, we would have been at this stage last year, even. Yeah. but I think, um, you know, to go back to not knowing what you don't know when you get into the restaurant industry, well, mm-hmm. here we are yep. launching a barbecue and we were yeah. like, Oh, I never knew this. Yeah. <laughs> never do any of these things for, uh, were needed, but, uh, What's great too is I, you know, I've developed a line of rubs and sauces as well right. that will be coming out. Yep. Um, we have some, uh, we have some, some shirts and hoodies that are really great quality stuff as well. So everything we do, um, we want to make sure it's a, it's a, it's the same quality and the same amount of respect as the grill. Yeah. You know, so we're not, we don't want to come out with anything that doesn't fit the alchemy kind of umbrella of like, oh, this is a very quality thoughtful curated product you yeah. know? and, and uh, the grill is that and you know the rubs and sauces are that and when we eventually um launch all of our accessories with it as well mm. they'll all kind of speak to the grill and how unique it is now i think uh coming out of covid out of the pandemic i think it's gotten a little better but uh it was certainly an issue have you guys run into any supply chain challenges with manufacturing and the like uh, Here's through the, the process. We're, we're so we're so small to, mm-hmm. as, as a startup yep. that there's no way. I mean, it's just not on the like the supply chain issues are when you're in the thousands and mm-hmm. thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. We are we're actually lucky that we can be small and nimble right, right now yep. and grow organically. Mm-hmm. And I think we're doing it the right way. And um, you know, year one is really about finding the right audience to really be our our cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, I want to make sure. And it's so funny because a lot of the people that have either that have either come to dinners have bought grills, or people who have bought grills are coming to flame to table dinners. We have another round of five dinners coming up in uh, starting in May, right around conveniently when yep. the grill comes out. Yep. We sold them out in a week. I couldn't believe it. We the first dinners, they took about three-ish weeks to sell out. This this one week, we sold five dinners, 18 nice. seats each dinner. It was unbelievable. So we were like, do we do more? But And you know, and we'll always do more because I think it's it's something that just keeps people remembering that like, oh, wait, like we're a, we're, we're a hybrid, you know, live fire lifestyle brand mm-hmm. uh, where the food is actually first. Yeah, you know, the, the, you know, that really does matter. So yeah, so 
very excited for that. So that's coming in May as well. So it's going to be a busy 2023. No doubt. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't have it any other way because I, I love being busy and I, yep. I love that, I, you know, in, in my role and in this, this partnership, um, everyone's kind of given me like the, you know, free reign to do what I do. Perfect. Um, and, and I think it's been working. I hope it's been working. It feels right. So I think my mom likes it. That's yep. all that matters. Perfect. So. <laughs> uh, are you able to kind of give uh, listeners any idea on pricing for the unit? So currently it's listed on the Dixon uh, website oh, it is already. at thirty four ninety nine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, so thirty four ninety nine right now for the for the pre sale. Um, we're doing a ten percent deposit. It's totally refundable. Mm-hmm. What that does is it locks it. It ensures that you're getting uh, the first run uh, of, of grills, and yeah. then once that grill number runs out, then it, it's back to like a wait list. So yeah. we're uh, we're already moving up that number pretty quickly, which is unbelievable the fact awesome. that we've actually sold grills that don't even exist yet it blows my mind um but it's all happened in person like yeah. with by meeting people and, and showing them what we've done and all the work that's gone into this and i think um it feels it feels great to be a local kind of startup in this space because there's some really big players out there and, and I, I, I respect them all i love them all but i think it's time for a little bit of again disruption in this in this space, and yep. uh, I'm happy to be on the team that's that's doing it. Awesome, right? at least for now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, folks, alchemygrills.com is the website, and uh, uh, where's the best way to get info? Off the website, check it out on Instagram, TikTok. Right. You mentioned. Yeah, so right now the best way to get information on the grill specifically is actually on the Dixon Barbecue. On the Dixon's website. web, okay. Um, yeah, because we're we're currently just building we're we're building a website too. Uh, mm-hmm. The same thing. Yep. When you when you're launching something, you're building it all at the same time. So um, right now, the website is just a, allows people to put their email in, and then that way we just send you recipes. Yep. Uh, which is great. like it's something that we uh, I've already you know, established quite a, a list of recipes that I've developed on on the grill. So right now, we're just trying to keep people excited about what's coming. But for grill specific information. Go to the Dixon Barbecue website, All right. uh, and then to to really see and interact with the grill, the best thing to do is to go follow Alchemy Grills on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, or follow me, Chef Matt Basile, on TikTok or Instagram, because um, that's where you're going to see kind of the videos that we've been producing that really highlight what makes our grill so so unique. Awesome. Uh- Matt, so much appreciate this so much. I know it's uh, it's getting late for you out there uh, in South Florida, but it's all good. Uh, last question I ask everybody: You got the alchemy fired up. Uh, what's kind of so far your favorite thing you've cooked on there? Oh, great question! Uh, oh man, give me two seconds to think about it. There's been a lot of really. There's been a lot of dishes. I think one of the best dishes I've made that everyone was just like kind of taken back by it was one, uh, uh, one of the dinners I did a smoked bone marrow and French onion soup. Mm. Um, wow. So I charred all the onions on the plancha and I hit it with, um, with whiskey and then built that into a broth and let that cook down all day long. Uh, and then I smoked bone marrow medallions. And when we served it, you know, I, I, charred cheese on the toast and it went with the bone marrow and it was on the soup and it was just like 
it was a mouth vacation. Yeah. <laughs> you were just like, when yeah. all the pieces came together, mm-hmm. um, it really was something unique. And I think that has been my favorite thing thus far for no other reason than it just really blew my own expectations uh, you know, out the door. But I think if someone's coming over and I'm cooking for them, I'm doing a, a double rack of pork chop uh, or I'm doing a, a tomahawk or a, or a porterhouse yep. just because I love the reverse smoke steer method. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things um, to do with that because you can just go from lower to upper instantaneously and it's, it's great. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for doing this. Alchemygrills.com, Chef Matt com. Uh, check it out. And also Dixon's Barbecue, uh, the good folks there. See what's going on. Thank you so much for doing this. Ryan, thank you so much, man. It really means a lot to me that you has had me on the podcast oh. today and uh, for being such a great ambassador of the, uh, the sport of barbecue. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you. You are listening to Canada's longest-running barbecue podcast, and it is time now for some barbecue news brought to you by The Barrel Boss Q, a family-owned and operated small business in Leduc County, Alberta, and the manufacturer of the original Canadian drum smoker. Whether it's in the backyard or on the competition circuit, Kelly Troy and The Barrel Boss Q team are driven by the desire to watch their clients showcase their cooking talents, to slow down a bit, and spend some quality time with family and friends. From entry-level all the way to fully loaded models, Barrel Boss Q has the charcoal drum smokers and accessories you need to be the barbecue boss of your block, or maybe get a walk at the next competition. Shipping to customers across Canada and the U.S., Barrel Boss Q spends time talking to their clients to make sure each and every smoker they make is special and meets the needs of the customer. Barrel Boss Q is honored to be a part of their customers' barbecue journeys. I'm proud to be a part of the Barrel Boss Q family, and I highly recommend you give them a look if you're in the market for a charcoal drum smoker. Visit them online at BarrelBossQ.ca. That's B-A-R-R-E-L-B-O-S, the letter Q, dot C-A. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram and tell them you heard about them on Eat More Barbecue. Congrats to friend of the show Bill Purvis and his wife Vanessa from Chicken Fried Barbecue for winning grand champion at the Austin Rodeo competition this past weekend. Well, friends, up here in Canada, spring is just around the corner, so let's take a look at the 2023 Canadian competition calendar. April the 15th, we have a judging class here in Calgary. Visit bbqonthebow.com for details and registration. May 26th, in Delhi, Ontario, another judging class. Details on the Canadian Barbecue Society website. May 27th and 28th, also that same weekend in La Salette, Ontario. My guest last week, David Hunnam, was talking about it, the Jack Nine Memorial. This is a KCBS competition. Visit www.jack9.ca. Also May 27th and 28th, Embers and Ice Pitmaster Challenge at the Half Moon Lake Resort in Alberta. This is formerly Porkapalooza, a KCBS sanctioned event. Facebook, Embers and Ice Pitmasters Challenge for details. June 3rd to the 4th, Small Town, Smokedown in Bazano, Alberta, back for a second year, KCBS-sanctioned, bbqontheboat.com for details. June 17th, the judging class in Seagrave, Ontario, followed by that weekend, the Two Blokes Cider Father's Day Festival at Stuttering John Smokehouse in Seagrave, Ontario. This is another KCBS event. Visit stutteringjohns.com for details. June the 16th and 8 to 18th, that same weekend, out in Regina, it's the Father's Day Smoke and Bones. Another KCBS event. Great to see so much of that happening. Visit realdistrict.ca slash events slash 
smoke-n slash bones slash bbq slash competition for details or check them out on Facebook. June the 24th and 25th, Columbia Valley Smoke Show in Invermere, BC, cvsmokeshow.ca. Jumping ahead to July, uh, July 21st, 22nd in Raymond, Alberta, it is Smoke, Wind and Fire, KCBS-sanctioned backyard and master's competition, smokewindandfire.ca is the website. August 5th and 6th in Didsbury, it's the Didsbury Lions Barbecue, didsburylionsbbq.ca, this is another KCBS event. And then September 2nd and 3rd, the long weekend here in Calgary, Canada's longest-running continuous-sanctioned barbecue competition, Barbecue on the Bow, back again, bbqonthebow.com. There are a number of additional amateur and backyard events that I've seen mention of, but I have not seen official announcements for just yet, so I'm holding off adding them. It is great to see, however, so many events on the go already. If I've missed anything, please drop me a line so I can get it on the list. I'm always looking for guest ideas for the show, so email me at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com if there is someone you'd like to hear from. You can find me online at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at albertabbqtrail.ca where you can check out a listing of barbecue restaurants here in Alberta and then get on out there and give them some support. If you're not in Alberta, wherever you are, get out to your local barbecue joints and show them some love. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. That's a wrap, everybody. See y'all next week and keep on smoking.